Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a law enforcement officer, Mr. Damon Griffin. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, you in the Dallas area, so I figured I'd like to talk to, to somebody in law enforcement in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I'm here in this great state of Texas, in Dallas, Texas here. Now, how did you get involved in law enforcement? Well, I got started back in 1989, 90. Um, my, I lost a brother in 1985 to a motorcycle accident. And oh, sorry, I was touched by... Sorry oh, yeah, to hear that about Well, thank you. Thank you. And um, I was very intrigued by the way that the law enforcement handled the, 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 the situation. And it just piqued my interest in wanting to be able to give back to my community. So I, um, at a very young age, made the decision that uh, law enforcement was the way I wanted to go. Now, when you say you was intrigued by the way they handled it, was it was it negative or positive? Oh, in a, in a positive way. A positive oh, okay. way. Even okay. even to this day, when I go back home, you know, I, it's 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 just so much um, history there, and and with the local police department. In, in the community in which they work together, it, it still drives me to this day. Okay. Um, how, I know how most people would describe the relationship between police and citizens, but how would you describe the relationship between police and citizens? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jamie, uh, over the, the years, it has changed drastically. It really has. And, um, it's, it's to the point now to where um, to, today, and this is just honestly me speaking today, I, I can't honestly say that I would try and lead someone into this profession because of the change. And, and it's, it's sad to say, but it, it seemed like we have taken like 30 years backwards into society as far as the way that law enforcement is viewed. Um, when I got into it, um, it wasn't so much as um, black on, or, or let me just—I'm just gonna say it—it it wasn't so much as um, cop killing going on, uh, as far as white cops killing black men. That 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 wasn't the case. And I look at it from this standpoint now, after being in it almost 30 years, and I look at the trend that's going on now. You don't you don't see it today where there's black officers killing black men. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you don't see that. And um, my, my biggest thing with, with my people in my community is to educate themselves. You know, I, I always try to tell you, you know, you can't beat an educated individual. So if someone comes up to you and tell you to do something or, or, or does something to you and you know it's wrong, well, you know, right, wrong, and difference at that time, do what they ask you to do and then handle it. Uh, on their level, you know, so things have changed throughout the years of law enforcement. And it's sad to say that it's going down the route that it's gone now. It, it really is. So if you, so let's say a, a young, a young man or young woman decided that, that they wanted to join the force. Are you saying you, you would be kind of discouraged? Is that what you're saying? Well, in, in, in a sense, yes, I have. And, and, and I say that because of the way society is now. I mean, you know, we, when I say we done took 
steps back 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, is you look at the 60s, 50s and 60s in law enforcement, uh, it was predominantly a, a Caucasian-based force. You, you, didn't, you didn't see black men on the police force. Um, now we, we're going back to that. And, we, and what I mean by that is you taking the suburban kid that say lives upstate New York in the suburban, and he moves down south and become a, a, a police officer where he has no uh, understanding of the culture down south. So he gets down south, and they put him in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood to police, and he doesn't he doesn't know how to relate with the people in the community. Mm. And, and that's what I try and, and tell the the, the, the chiefs and, and, and the powers that be down here. I'm like, you can't take him out of the suburban city and put him down here in 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 the in the black community and expect for him to be affected because he's not going to be. Basically, you set him up to fail. And then that's when you get a lot of the, the the white cops shooting the black males, because he doesn't he doesn't understand the community and the culture within the community. Now, are there are there actually? Do you think there's enough um, black cops to actually police the areas like the, the 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 predominantly black areas? Are there enough cops to actually police those areas where it wouldn't cause like a imbalance or anything? Well, it's a two-part yes and no. Um, yes, there's there's enough black officers to do that, and no, there's there's not enough training that's um, there for that black officer to train that officer from uh, from the suburbia. And what I mean by that is when that white officer comes here and goes through the academy, you have the same white male teaching him. The same white male that's teaching him still does not understand the culture in that black community. So it's imperative to us as black men and black police officers, we have to up our game and become some of those instructors in the academy to get the, you know, to get the people prepared for what they're going to be facing when they go in the, into the community, to understand the culture before they go in there with an iron fist and try and rule. Everything and everyone doesn't need to go to jail. Sometimes just educating and talking to people and getting people to understand the laws go a whole lot further than just putting handcuffs on them and putting them in jail. Because if you just put handcuffs on them and put them in jail, you still haven't taught them anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you, so you do feel that there, there could be like some improvement in the training aspect of the department? Oh, no doubt. It can be, I mean, across the board, no doubt. It can be the, the training all in and of itself can be done. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Jay, probably 10 times better than what is being done now. Nobody wants to face the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is, is as I as stated before, you got to, if you're going to bring him from the suburbia and bring him down here to be a police officer, then you have to train him. You don't train him just enough to pass the state exam and give him a license and then give him a gun and a badge and send him out there in the street. You can't do that. You have to you have to start at the grassroots and let him understand that hey you know yes you're coming from upstate and they handle things differently upstate than the way we handle things here in Texas you know it's it's it's, it's been a running joke for for years as long as I can remember and uh, you know it's it's you come to Texas on vacation you leave on probation 
That's that's the way Damn. that they look at it here in the state of Texas. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it's a different it's a different breed. Damn. Now you know a police. You know, being a police is such a stressful job. Like, what are some of the things that you do to protect your mental health? Now, Jane, that's that's a very good question. I I when I get up in the morning. Um, and this is just my routine, like I said, going on 30 years. I, I, I have to be at work at 5 a.m. I get up every morning at 2.45. And when I get up at 2.45, the first thing I do is, you know, I grab my Bible and I read. You know, I, I read, I read my spirit, I feed my spirit and, and my soul, and I get my mind right. And, and when I go into work, I go in with a clear conscience, and it's not uh, with intent to cause harm to anyone. But in order to be a successful police officer, you have to be willing to put yourself in harm's way for a total stranger, someone that you don't even know. You have to be willing to put your life on the line to save someone else. And in order to do that, you know, I, I had to get right spiritually before I can go in and, and just give of myself. And it took me about four to five years into law enforcement for me to understand that. So, and then I had to start finding ways to release that that negative spirit that I would get at work dealing with people that would call you everything but who you are, and you know when I so when I got off work and I come home, I wouldn't just drive straight home. I would drive to like the golf court, or uh, I would drive somewhere. I would watch kids playing sports or something just to release that 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 negative energy to, to keep the mental spirit, the mental aspects of me on level ground. Mm. So to this day, I mean. I picked up, you know, a music instrument. I, you know, play bass guitar. Um, I, I even teach it. And um, so, I mean, I have to do different things to um, keep myself grounded. Now, we've, we've had a chance to talk about, like, family. And you, you never married and you didn't have any kids. Do you think that's a product of your career? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It is. And, and the reason being is it's hard to find that right, that individual that will accept you in your role as, a, as an officer because it's hard to get people to understand that on paper, yes, my schedule is from 5 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., but that doesn't mean that I get off at 3.30. You know, it's, it's not like I could be out working and um, I, I catch a case. I had to tell the bad guy, Hey, we got to cut it off here. I get off at three thirty, and we'll pick it up here tomorrow when I come back. <laughs> well, look, I don't know, cause that's what uh, that's what the guy did on Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> oh, see that? <laughs> don't let TV deceive you. It doesn't work like that. And, you know, I mean, it, it it happens more often than not, and that's why we have the second most highest divorce rate. It is you, oh, the doctors and, and police officers. We we have the second most highest divorce rate that it is, and and, and you know and finding that right individual to to understand that hey you know uh, I'm at work and um, you know I'm not going to get off till later, and you know finding that right person to understand that yeah he's really at work and not out gallivanting around. Yeah. So I, I put my career first, and um, now as it's winding down, um, finding that 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 individual that you know to settle down with. Is um, 
it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because I'm, I'm older. So, you know, the things that I used to would put up with, now I realize I don't have to, so I choose not to. Hmm. That, that's, that's a little interesting. That I guess with, with age comes stubbornness. Is that? You know, you know, they just say, you know, men get set in their ways. And I mean, I'm, I'm setting my ways to a, to an extent, but you know, like I said, it's, it's, you finding yourself, you, you know, you've had that this all this time to find yourself and um, just finding that, that individual that uh, understands that some of the things that these eyes have seen and things that I've been through. Um, I'm not one to talk about, you know, what went on on the job that day when I come home, because the last thing I want to do is bring work home. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And, you know, I've been in some relationships where women don't understand that. They're like, you don't ever talk about your job. You know, I'm like, well, it's, that's, that's at work. I'm at home now. Yeah. Now we, we, we touched on, you know, the, um, we touched on, I'm not going to say negative, but we touched on the realities of being a police, but I wanted you to ask you, like, what do you enjoy the most about the job? The most is when I go and have interaction with the public, if I can touch one individual and, and, change they, they, their mindset and let them understand that I'm not here to to harm you, but I'm here to help you, I'm here to lift you up and, and help you understand that had I not gotten the call that there was a problem here, then I wouldn't be here. So I enjoy going out and make people understand. And when I say make them understand, show them from our standpoint why I'm here. And, and see if we can come to a peaceful re resolution. Because like I said, we it's sad to say we got more penitentiaries than we got schools. And, and if you look at the population in the penitentiary, it, it's, it's us as black men. Yeah. Man, that's a so, whole no, other thing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. And it goes hand in hand. And, you know, and I get frowned upon when I talk, you know, when I talk about it and things like that. But it's the truth. And, you know, I... I and I put a lot of burden back on us as black men. You know, those that are in the successful positions that can make a difference, they they forget about, you know, hey, let's reach back and help another brother. Let's reach back. Even if you reach back and you help one and you get burnt, that don't that shouldn't stop you from reaching back and helping others. Now let me let me ask you, since you touched on it. Um, you know, as a as a black man, you mentioned the penitentiary, you mentioned the population. Do you ever feel like conflicted? Like when you have to ha lock another black man up, does that like cause conflict in your spirit or anything? It, 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 it did at first, but um, I learned a, a coping mechanism and, and the coping mechanism was, I didn't put these, this person in this position. Okay. You know, I, I explained to him, this is why this is happening. And, and, you know, you treat people with common courtesy and respect, and you'll, you'll receive that. You know, I tell them, you know, you have some business that you didn't take care of. That's why you're, you know, going where you're going. Take care of your business. Definitely. Definitely. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't degrade anyone or look down on anyone when I do have to take them to jail, even, even so much as writing them a citation. I don't, I don't degrade them. I don't look down on them. You know, I tell them this, this is part of 
my job. This is this is just part of my job. Yeah, I understand. That's yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now you mentioned you, you know, you mentioned you've been in this a long time and the retirement is basically right around the corner. So what will you miss the most? Uh I, I'm gonna have to say my, my, my squad that I work with. Because you know, I ride a motorcycle every day at work and I I'm, I've been doing that here now for the last twenty four years now. And um I'm gonna I'm miss the guys, the, the camaraderie with, with my squad. Um, that's 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 gonna be the, the main thing uh, because we still, right to this day, James, 24 years didn't do it. We we get together one weekend out of the month, and uh, you know all the families and everything. We just have a big cookout or whatever. We just hang out as as a squad. It's, it's 35 of us, and I mean we all just get together and hang out. You know we we go to sporting events together. They, we watch the, the, their kids grow up. You know everybody see everybody kids grow up. And uh, it's just like just a big family aspect of it. And I, and I, 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 I'm going to miss that. Because like you said, retirement is staring me in the face right now. How much longer? Uh, Probably about, I think I got six months. That's it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to talk about it like that because it's like you're putting a, a time frame on your life. And, and, and I, I hate to I hate to look at it like this. So when people ask me, I'm like, ah, okay, I got about you know eight months left, and you know who's to say I'm going to be here in eight months? So I, I I hate to look at it like that. But yeah, I got six months left. I mean, are you are you are you nervous about it? Are you fearful about retiring? Oh no 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 not at all not at all because I mean it's it's it's, it's by it's by God's grace and mercy that I've, I've survived the game this long. Okay. And uh, you know so. I'm going. I'm going to embrace it, and it's it's just another chapter of my life. You know, this this and his coming to an end, and I'm I'm, I'm be honest with you, I'm excited to see what God's got for me after this. Okay, okay. Now, uh, now before I before I let you go, you know, we both. I'm from <laughs> I'm from the D.C. area, but you know, we both Cowboys fans. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know that. <laughs> what you What you think yes, about What you think about the high? Uh, Man, I am. I'm excited. I am excited. I'm. 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 I'm just waiting to see what this season's gonna bring us. I'm. I'm interested. I'm. 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 <laughs> well, I, my thing is, my wife. They, they, they my let wife threw cold water all on me one like when it first happened because I was excited, and then she was. My wife was like, "Well, how do you know he's like without Aaron Rodgers?" And I was like, "Damn." That's a good point. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Everyone is talking about, you know, Dak is not the quality of quarterback of Aaron Rodgers. Well, think about it, though. When Aaron Rodgers came into the league, Aaron Rodgers had a good example in front of him for a while to show him. Dak didn't have that. Dak still didn't, doesn't have the the people around him to bring him through right now. We, I mean – you got what? Kellen Moore is the quarterback, is the offensive coordinator, and, and, and I mean, who's who's your who's bringing Dak along as he should? Well, Nobody. Well, I'll say this. So Brett Favre. Well, okay. So Aaron Rodgers did have Brett Favre, right? He had Brett Favre, but Aaron Rodgers was a first round talent when he came in the league. And, and I don't know if you remember this because you like I'm a fanatic, so I remember everything. You remember when they played Dallas? It was a Thursday night, and 
Favre was hurt and Rodgers played yes. Favre, man, Rodgers was lighting it up. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> hey, Dallas won the game, but Rodgers, man, that he. Yeah. Well, I mean, also keep in mind this right here now. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a fanatic when it comes to the Cowboys, but I want you to keep in mind when we talk about McCarthy coming to 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 Dallas. Remember the last Super Bowl that McCarthy won in Green Bay? Yeah. Eight of his for eight of his starters, eight of his skilled position starters were out, and they still won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not saying he, he definitely. I'm not gonna say he can't coach. I'm just saying. He did have Aaron Rodgers. And they <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You can't, you, can't, you can't do it like that. Man. I mean, look, <laughs> leave it to my wife, the Redskins fans, to just douse the cold water on me. But, man, she was right. I was like, damn, man. That's a good point. I mean, but I don't know. I, yeah, but I, don't know. I think McCarthy is going to bring out the best in, in Dak, and he understands because when he came down to interview for the job, he came – with plays already in his head and how he was going to play into Dak's strengths. And he understands that Dak's strength is not, really not throwing the ball. It's just the run game. And once you set up the, get the run game going, then you set up the passing game. Yeah, I hope. So he understands, and, and he knows how to make the adjustments during the game. You know, he's not a halftime guy or this. He, he makes the adjustment during the game. Yeah, we're going to... Jason Garrett has never been able to do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 I'm, a, so, I'm, I'm, for, I'm, I'm waiting to see what they do because they talk about franchising that. And then they got the new coach. So, uh, this is going to be an interesting year, but uh, I don't know. Maybe something, well, something good to happen. I mean, <laughs> let's, 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 let's look at it from this standpoint. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes and I grew up together in the same neighborhood. We graduated high school together. Oh, you talking about Pops? You talking about his Pops? Pops, his dad, his dad. <laughs> his dad, yeah. His dad got drafted by the Minnesota Twins right out of high school. Okay, I remember that. So, right, right. So, you know, I mean, and, and this is something else that, that bothers me real bad about sports and successful black men in sports. All, all I've been seeing on the internet is, you know, him being the third black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And I, I posed one question, and the question was, at what point in time are we going to stop using race as a crutch and not just giving kudos on the talent and, and being successful as an athlete? Yeah. Yeah, that that's a... Hmm... Because I, I see your point. but Because if you look at the top, it, there's a list out there right now of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And all five of them are black. Now, okay, because see, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers would be in my top five. That, that's what I'm getting at. Because you basing it on what? What are you basing it on? His talent. Oh, better, yeah. I'm not, but I'm not. Dis- I haven't seen a list, but I'm pretty sure it's it's Mahomes, um, Mahomes, Watson, Russ. Who's the other? 
Who's that? Lamar Jackson. And, and who else? It, it's, it's Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Watson, uh, uh, Wilson, and um, Lord have mercy, the, 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 the fifth one. I'm trying to think of the fifth one. That, um, oh, they had Bridgewater on there. Bridgewater? Yeah. You don't even start. And, uh, hey, he was on there. Top, wait a minute. What was this list? Top five quarterbacks? Yeah, the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I'm right. Uh, that one throwing me for a loop. I'm going to need to see that. Exactly. exactly. You sure they ain't say top five black quarterbacks? No, no, because it, 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 the list went all the way down. In, in, in which, of course, you know, you got Drew Brees and all of them. Um, all of them down it toward the bottom on it on that. No, no, it's this it's top five quarterback. I mean, look, I'm gonna be honest. I listen. I think Lamar Jackson had a hell of a year, but he not better than he not better than Aaron Rodgers. Let's not be carried away. See that? See, that's what I'm talking about. You a true sports fan, and you understand it, and that's what I'm getting at. I'm like, not don't say it because of the color of the skin. You know, just. This is be honest with you. I mean, Drew Brees ain't no he's no slouch either. Nah. You know. The only reason I went to Breeze on there because Breeze is like 40. And I, though I don't want to discriminate, but I could I'm not going he definitely not better than Mahomes. I don't think he's better than Wilson. Watson, we could we could I'm okay either way on that one. But I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about. Uh, see, Breeze is different because he Breeze had Breeze. You can kind of see Breeze declining right now. Breeze, yeah, just Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, look, Tom Brady is the same thing. You, you see him declining. Look, Eli Manning, he declined. I mean, you know, yeah, they, they you know, they they up in age. So yeah, I think they. But you also have to look at. The coaches are playing to their strength, the, the style of offense that they're running. So the coaches is playing to their strength. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to finish this on another podcast. <laughs> 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 we'll be going for five hours. But I wanted to thank you, man. Thank you for, for taking the time to do this. Um, you know, we've, we've talked online a lot, and I, you know, I've always admired and respected you. For what you do, thank you for um, you know protecting and serving the community. I mean, it's not not here, but anybody that puts that uniform on and go out and protect and serve definitely reserves definitely reserves respect. So much respect to you. Well, well, James, thanks a lot, brother. That that means a lot coming from another brother. It, it really does. And and to to me, um, when when I when I put the badge down, when I lay it down, that doesn't mean I I gotta I gotta shut it down. That don't mean I gotta be quiet. I, I still plan on being a, a, an advocate for the community because I'm going to share this with you, and, and, and then I know we, we have to cut it short, but when I got into law enforcement, in my hometown, I was the first and only black to ever work there. I was the first black police officer to work in my hometown. And what town is this? It's called Lindale, Texas. It's, it's, just, it's 15 miles north of Tyler, Texas. And that's uh, about a hundred miles east of Dallas, Texas. Okay. okay. I was I was the first and only black to ever work there. Wow. Um, I, I got suspended one time for ninety days 
but doing the same thing that the that my coworkers done and they never received punishment for it. But that was okay. That was okay. I I, I took that for for my community and I stood on it. Mm. So after I served my suspension, my 90 day suspension, I came back to work for about two weeks and I left there and I, I went to another small town called Canton, Texas that I was the first and only black to work there. Damn. And, 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 but you know, I, I thank God for it because he, he, he saw that I was strong enough to handle it. So he chose me to, to, to be that, to break that barrier. So I went, I went to work there and I was called, everything but the child of God by the, some of the officers that worked there. Mm-hmm. But that was okay because at the end of the day, uh, when I, when I, before I left there and came up to Dallas, um, they were eating out of my hand. <laughs> I mean, the community uh, to which I worked in, I mean, they, 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 they would come to the police department and they would have problems with their kids or they would have problems with their neighbors or something. And they would come up to the police department Asking specifically for me, Damn. but yet they tell me that I wouldn't make it there. Number one, because I'm black. Number two, because I'm big, and they they're not used to seeing a big black man working here in, in the city. So you you won't last. I lasted there a little over two years and never had a problem one. Wow! Man. I went to SWAT school. I went to K nine school. I went to bum school. I've done everything while I was there. Wow, we're going, man. We're gonna to have to end up. We're gonna to have to go back. We're gonna to have to do this conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's why I say I, I, I love sharing my story because I I let people know just don't limit yourself because someone else won't limit you. Prove them wrong. Definitely. Well, again, thank you, brother, for everything you do, and thank you for taking the time to do this. And I want to thank everyone yeah. for taking the time to listen to the podcast. And a special thank you to my sponsors, First Gen Fly and Chain Inc. Entertainment. You all have a great day.